Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world. And no one will keep that light from shining. Today our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature. And we responded with the best of America. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Welcome to the Church Safety Guys broadcast with hosts James McGarvey, Paul Buckner, and Mike Scully. Together, they make up the Church Safety Guys. Their mission, to equip, train, and disciple church safety teams. Join us for the next hour as we talk about all things church safety and security. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, join one of our church safety and security communities online, and share this broadcast with your church.
Well, good evening and welcome to the September 13th Sunday night evening broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. I am James and I'm joined tonight only by my fellow co-host, Mike. <laughs> season three, sir. Doing good. I can't believe we're here already at season three. It is. It's the it's the premiere of season three, and uh, I I wanted to start it uh, with doing playing a little video of September 11th, and uh, certainly we we've seen through social media the the remembrance of that this week. Which, um, to be quite honest, I can't even the the video that I just played. I can't watch it without tearing up just a little bit over you know, the, the events that day. And certainly uh, we always like to remember those that paid the ultimate sacrifice and um, you know, where, where we are today. And certainly, uh, you know, it's, if anything, it should encourage us to continue to pray for our leaders on a daily basis and, and um, pray, pray for, you know, Paul did a, a video earlier today, praying, encouraging folks to pray and, and be in deep prayer over the next month because of, you know, the elections and what's going on in our country right now. And, um, you know, we certainly, we certainly do that. We certainly keep that, that situation and this situation in our prayers. And, um, you know, our, our mission here is to, if you're just joining us, or this is the first time you've seen this, this broadcast, our mission is to equip, train, and disciple uh, church safety and security teams. And um, if, if you're listening to this later on a, on a YouTube broadcast, please click the, uh, the subscribe and like button down on the, the right-hand corner. And uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, feel free to visit our website at uh, churchsafetyguys.com. And there's uh, a great number of church safety and security resources there. And in fact, uh, we actually this week, um, if you haven't noticed it, if you haven't been to the site, we actually just did a completely new revamp of it. And I like it. I mean, I, I might be partial, <laughs> but um Jason and Mike and I all worked on it, and um, I think Jason did a lot of it and and just did a phenomenal job. and And we're still tweaking a few things here and there, but I just I like it. It's more open. It's more. Um, it's less confusing, I think. And so, uh, but there's resources on there. One of the the best and and biggest uh, resources that we've now made available through that site is you can actually reach out to us. And if you have uh, a desire to purchase uh, any resources like devotionals or something like that, maybe your church is doing a first responder um, first responder service or you're doing outreach and you want to bless local law enforcement or fire or EMS, um, you can actually reach out to us through that website and we can get you a discounted rate uh, for bulk purchases and that sort of thing. So that's kind of my my favorite piece um and you know just to kind of kind of jump i, I just want to touch it real quick on the um where we're at with the fundraiser because we're starting a new season and and we're still doing that for for folks that contribute that those resources those finances go directly to uh paying for books and we sh we ship them out as soon as we get get the finances, we ship them out to different departments that have asked for them 
around the U.S. And um, uh, to date, we have actually uh, sold, acquired, uh, distributed probably uh, just over 350 copies of that of that book to protect and serve, which. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I never, certainly never would have thought about it. Um, I had someone come up to me at church today and and just hand me, kind of shook my hand and handed me uh, some money and was just like, you know, put this towards uh, giving somebody else a, a book and encouraging someone. And, um, you know, this week, earlier this week, I had been talking to John uh, Leo Riley, who has been a guest on our show, and he does the uh, the gentle response uh, de-escalation training. And he had been, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, he had been doing a training and he gave a copy uh, to a, a woman officer, I believe he said it was. And that woman officer, uh, he said when he gave her the copy, she started crying. And so he was like, you know, are you okay? What's what's the matter? And, and she had said, said to him that she had been praying that she could find something as an officer that would encourage her spiritually um, with everything that's going on right now in, in our culture and society. And so when I hear stories, stories like that and, and um, you know, other, other churches and law enforcement coming to, to me and saying, hey, thanks for, thanks for that book. It means a lot. And uh, it's been a blessing to me that really humbles me. It really makes, you know, it puts me in a place where, I, you know, God blesses what we, what we give to him and, and what we do is we serve him. And to me, I just look at that as kind of a, a major blessing because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an intent of mine. It wasn't like I said, I sat down one day and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to put together this book and, and do it for law enforcement. But the project just came together. And so, um, it's been an amazing blessing to kind of see see where things have gone with that along the way. So if you're if you're interested, again, those resources, all of our books and whatnot are available on Amazon. Um, all you have to do is type in Church Safety Guys on Amazon and search it, and it will pull up all of our resources. And then also on our website, you can reach out to us directly. And if you know someone, honestly, uh, if you know someone maybe that goes to your church that you're, you want to minister to and you would like a copy of the book, uh, please email, email us through the website or you can direct message um, really any one of us um, on Facebook because we would love to uh, try and get you a copy that you can give to that person. And we have a, quite a few um folks from different churches really all over the u.s some people like we haven't even met that that reached out to us and said hey i know what you guys are doing i appreciate it i just want to encourage law enforcement so give a book to you know whoever asked for it and and that sort of thing so we like to put that out there and just say you know if you're if you would like a copy of that, please don't worry about the expense. Please reach out to us and we'll do the best we can to get you a copy so that you can give that that uh, that individual to be an encouragement. And same thing with fire and, <laughs> fire and EMS. I don't want to exclude those folks, but we have the, the book, um, The Road Less Traveled, and that 
It's kind of the sister book of To Protect and Serve. It came out a few months ago. And that that resource, that book is a great one that we've done very well with as well. And we would love to send that to, to someone that just needs a little bit of encouragement um, because that's that's what we're about. We want to encourage people and, and provide resources to do that. So all that being said, uh, tonight we are actually going uh, to go back to a recording that uh, Paul and Mike and I did a couple months ago. It hasn't been ever played for you guys, but we're going to break it up between uh, this week and next week. And that is actually a recording uh, that we did with Stephen Williford. Now, if you don't know him or if you're if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're like, who in the world is Stephen Williford? Uh, if you remember a couple of months ago, we actually did a broadcast with Fra uh, Pastor Frank Pomeroy. And and uh, Pastor Frank is actually was the past currently is he's still a pastor there of the First Baptist Church of Sun Sunderland, Sutherland Springs. Sorry, uh, Sutherland Springs, Texas. And I believe it was November. I want to say November 5th. 2017, they had the largest church uh, active shooter situation in church history in the United States. And um, to this to this date from that situation, we're coming up on the third anniversary of that. But in that situation, 26 people were fatally shot and 20 were wounded. And so uh, we had the opportunity to talk to Pastor Frank and um, hear his story and hear his testimony, him and his wife. And then we also had the opportunity to talk to Stephen Williford. Well, Stephen was just sitting in his house one day, uh, the Sunday morning, getting ready to, to go into work and um, heard lots of shooting at the church. And so he grabbed his, <laughs> grabbed his rifle and didn't even take time to throw shoes on, ran out, ran about a block down the, the road to try and uh, see what was going on and, and do that. And this is kind of, this is his story. And so we've, we've split it up into two weeks so that you guys can hear this. And um, hopefully you'll be blessed by the, the story. It, to me, it, it truly was blessed. And, and you actually got the chance to meet him which I'm still jealous. Of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. Being in Texas, I am pretty close. I mean, I, I'd say close, but it was still a couple hour drive. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, about a month and a half ago, did have a chance to go down and do a uh, participate in a fundraiser for one of the gentlemen uh, injured in that shooting. And uh, Stephen actually helped put together that fundraiser. And so it was mm -hmm. one of those things that, you know, it's it's a short drive, short enough drive that, um, wasn't just about being able to say hello, but honestly, um, this is what we're about. We're about giving back. We're about kind of discipling sure. to others in this ministry. And while Stephen wasn't obviously directly on a church security team, they were impacted in a way um, that we hope none of us ever have to face. So um, it was the least I could do to head down there. And I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity. Yeah, he. I've talked to talked to him several times. He is actually now. He has a website, and um, he will get that posted for you. But he is actually going around the U.S. and he's talking about him and his wife are actually talking about starting up church safety teams. You know, they they have a whole training package where they'll go to churches and do conferences and and that sort of thing too. But um, one of the amazing things talking to him, and then I'll, I'll get this queued up so that you guys can, 
can enjoy it. But one of the, the most amazing things I think talking to him um, is just seeing God's hand in everything. And, and also talking to Frank, uh, Pastor Frank Pomeroy, uh, both of them very much said that they felt that there was a spiritual battle and a spiritual fight going on that day against their church. And listening to um, this week, I got a chance to listen to some of um, Stephen's testimony again as I was getting it ready for tonight. And it just sent chills down my spine that, you know, we always say we're, we're always preparing. And that's why we we try and always encourage folks to pray and to to put prayer as a priority, because when we deal with church safety and security, we're not just dealing with physical. We're dealing with spiritual and part of their testimony really just kind of cemented that. So it was pretty, pretty crazy to hear it. Um, but I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to hearing it again tonight because it has been a little <laughs> bit and that was before I had a chance to meet him and, and obviously the, the, the interview with Frank as well. And there's just, there's so much there. Um, sure. that it, it's just, I mean, this is not one folks that you want to miss or walk away from. Uh, this is certainly, there's a lot there and it's, it, it stirred me. Um, I know speaking to Frank and Stephen, just, yeah, you're right, James, as the way God moved and helped put the right people in the right place at the right time. is just, it's amazing. It is. So I will go ahead and, and, uh, key this up for you. And again, this is an interview that, uh, Stephen Williford did with Paul, Mike, and I uh, about a month ago. If you're just joining us on a Facebook platform, uh, feel free to, to write which church you're listening from and uh, where you're located. That kind of helps us out uh, with distribution of, uh, of our videos and whatnot, broadcasts, and uh, we will get this, get this started for you. All right. Well, if you're just joining us, we're, we're recording ahead of time, but uh, we have the church safety guys here and we have the, the awesome opportunity to talk to Mr. Stephen Williford. He, uh, he graciously allowed, uh, allowed us to, to interview him and, and uh, wanted to come on our show or volunteered to come on the show. I, I don't, uh, he hasn't ever listened to Paul or or any of our uh, any of us banter, so I'm not really sure if uh, if he's gonna if he's gonna be happy staying on the show. But anyhow, uh, thank you, Stephen, for for taking the time to join us. Uh, it is it is greatly appreciated. Um, so I guess tonight, uh, just starting off, um, you know, we we talked a little bit before and a couple of days ago, but. Uh, if you could maybe just run through um, one of the things, one of the things, I mean, I, I think most of the people that watch this know, know a little bit about, you know, who you are and know, um, kind of know of the story. But um, I was kind of thinking that you mentioned something to me the other day when we were talking, and that was that you felt God prepared you ahead of time to, uh, to actually handle some of the things that you dealt with that day. And so I was just thinking if you, if you wanted to go through and kind of uh, cover some of that or, or start with your story, that would be, that would be great. So I'll just kind of turn it over to you. Well, uh, years ago, I used to go to a big mega church 
and uh, they um, they had shepherding groups. Most people know what a shepherding group is, but what it, what a shepherding group is 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 a, a smaller group within a big, huge church, so that nobody gets lost. And my wife and I had met at this church, and we uh, got married, and uh, so we were we were uh, in the shepherding group, and uh, we started because I've been a shooter all my life and enjoyed shooting and the sports and and stuff and the hunting uh so we our shepherding group was made up of a bunch of people that loved to do the same thing and we kind of got together and we started uh shooting at a little local league competition mm -hmm. and so what we would do is after church on sunday we'd all go out and eat for lunch then we would meet out at the range and we got NRA certified so that we could start a youth club for our children cool. and start helping them to shoot. And so we would take, and the range had given us their secondary range to go and train the kids how to shoot. And they asked, they told us we y'all can shoot for free, but do you mind if we, if we have other families, that will go down there and we'll send their kids to you to train also. I was like, sure, you know, this is it. And uh, so we started shooting. And what we would do is the kids, we would instruct the kids to shoot and teach them and bring them up through the NRA certifications. My, all three of my children were NRA distinguished experts with a pistol by the time they were eight. By the Eddie, time they were Eddie Eagle? <laughs> and, and so we would do that and, and and the range would send kids down there and the parents down there too and we'd sign them up and we'd get them through the programs too and we would tell, tell them we are not a babysitting uh, organization <laughs> if your kids are going to shoot here at least one of the, the adults one of the either the father or the mother is going to have to be down here controlling your kids because we have a limited number of range instructors and we put one forever kid. We're not going to let any kid. So we started doing that. And what would happen is women would go shoot a, a women's league competition. Uh, and when, and the men would take the kids and we'd be instructing the kids when the women were shooting the league comp competition, they would come down and they would pick up the kids. And then it was the men's turn to, to shoot. And we would go shoot a competition men's league. And uh, the women would take the kids back to, to a house, start fixing dinner and getting ready for the Bible study. And then when we would finish our competition, we would go and have a Bible study. And we started doing that week after week and it ended up a couple of years we were doing it. And one summer it got particularly hot. We're in Texas. Uh, and the kid said, can we not do that this year? You know, it's getting too hot. Can we just let off for a while? So sure, you know, this is for you guys. And so we missed two weeks in a row, and the range called us. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that whatever you do for the glory of God, no matter how much you enjoy it, if you do it for God's glory, he blesses. Range called us up and said, look, I don't know if you know 
but we call you guys our church group. Hmm. And they said, you are here at the range. More families come to the range. The range house, the language, the language in the range house cleans up. <laughs> Good stuff. We like the atmosphere when you guys are here. Can y'all please come back? I said, well, the kids are really burning up down there. I said, we'll supply you with canopies at the secondary oh, range. Nice. <laughs> canopies, and we told the kids, that's it. We are no longer doing this for us. We're a ministry. We are doing this for other people, and we are bringing people to Christ. We are making a difference. And so that's where a lot of my training got. And uh, along with the competition shooting and stuff, I learned tactics and things. It was, it was kind of a real-world kind of competition. And uh, from that, I started competing with rifles and stuff. And, and I'm going to tell you, and, and, and they taught us how to shoot and move. Mm -hmm. if, if you're shooting at flat targets, standing in a stationary place, shooting flat targets, you are not going to be ready to, to engage an active shooter. Um, you're going you're to be a target. You are practicing marksmanship and you're not practicing shooting. It, it's not going to work out well for you. And so I believe all this that I just said was, was fun and it was enjoyable. It's my golf. You know, Colonel, <laughs> Gross, Colonel Grossman has said, uh, in one of his books, that a golf course is a willful misuse of a perfectly good golf or <laughs> shooting range. Yep. Willful misuse of a perfectly good shooting range. And I, and I believe that to be the fact. Uh, you know, and what he was saying is um, anything you do for a hobby, there should be a practical purpose for in life. Mm -hmm. and I had no idea, but through my training, uh, we had a five-man team. Uh, this league shoot involved five people. You had to have five men. On, and we called ourselves, by the way, we called ourselves the sinners. Nice. <laughs> Do you know the, the origins of the word sinning? One of the definitions of the word sinning in the Bible, it was an archery term meaning missing the target. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you add it to a shooting thing, uh, we called ourselves the sinners and people would ask us why we were the sinners. I said, every one of us are sinners. And being an archery term, it just kind of fits in with who we are. I love it. That's cool. <laughs> That's good one stuff. Of our, yeah. One of our team members was a, a former Army Ranger and a San Antonio police officer. And he, him and I would, on the side, practice and stuff, get ready for competitions. And he taught me what to do if I was ever confronted with body armor. Now, I'm a plumber. Why would that have a practical <laughs> in my life? But yet we practiced it, and he told me, him in the armor, he'll feel it. it. May not kill him, may not slow him down, but he'll feel it. It'll hurt him. 
Mm -hmm. and then look for your opportunity to shoot around. He said, one in the side, one in the hips, one in the legs, and we practiced that. And, wow. and looking at my life now, I see how God fashioned a tool for that very moment. Mm -hmm. Looking at what happened that day, the man came out in class three body armor. And my worst nightmare was realized. Mm. But I could hear the voice in my head saying, do what I sent you here to do. Don't worry about those bullets. He hit the truck in front of me. He shattered the windshield of the car behind me. And he hit the house behind me. And I put bullets on him. Mm. It was like God chose me and fashioned me into a tool for that very moment. Um, you know, when you go and you read the Bible about David and Goliath, people usually teach that story incorrectly. And this was brought up to me by a pastor. He said, uh, look at David and Goliath. He said, go into it. He says, he says, what happened here was no mistake. He said, look at David and Goliath. Everybody thinks David was some kind of small young shepherd boy that was unprepared to face a giant with armor. But what did David say? David said, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. I'll bring mm -hmm. you the Philistine's head on a platter. David was arrogant because he knew his training and he knew the <laughs> God that he served. And, and Saul offered him his armor said, let me give you my armor. David says, no, I don't want your armor. It's too big. It's too bulky. He couldn't move. Did you know that they have gone and they have studied uh, third world countries where they still use slingshots to protect their, their flocks? And those shepherds, they call them slingers. And they can hit a running wolf running through their flock with a rock out of a slingshot. That's a good shot. That's a good shot with a rifle or a pistol, whatever. That's a good shot. And they chronograph those rocks. Anybody want to guess how fast those rocks are coming out of the slingshots? 1,200 Nine, feet per second. <laughs> 900, 900 feet per second. Wow. wow. 900, 900 feet per second is the, the muzzle velocity of a 45 ACP. Yeah, absolutely. A higher weight. <laughs> And plus, that rock is probably bigger. Yes. Than a <laughs> I have grew up on slingshots, and I can see how that's totally possible. I used to have one of those wrist rockets with the surgical rubber, and mm -hmm. I used to, I probably would have been really good about winning bets, but I was raised better, and I would take my friends out there, and I'd find a smooth stone that was, that was narrow, and it would spin, and over 200 feet out, we had these sycamore trees that were about, I don't know, foot and a half thick, and I'd be like, which one of them? They'd be like, which one, what, which one do you want me to hit? They'd be like, you can't hit that. And then they'd call one of them and I'd hit that thing at 200 feet. It was the width of a man. So yeah, if I was doing that as a hobby, somebody depending on their life could probably do that a whole lot better. And understand when you have a whip and you crack that whip, when you hear that pop, that's the end of that whip breaking the sound barrier. That's what that pop is. So, so now you're looking at a slingshot 
when he releases that rock it, and and Goliath taunted him. So you think so little of me that you send a young man like this? He said, uh, "Come, come to me, and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll remove your head and let him feast on, let the birds feast on you." And David taunted him right back. And then when it happened, David hit him right between the eyes with that rock. Hmm. Uh, so David, David, and and I have a lot in common. God trained me ahead of time. Amen. And, and and he fashioned me into a tool for that very moment. Amen. And he pulled me out of the toolbox that morning and sent me across the road, and I heard his voice. I heard him call out to me. And at halfways across the street, I yelled out. Why would I have yelled out? I, I believe that that was the Holy Spirit crying out and calling the demon that was in that man out. Because I don't believe he, any man could do the evil things that he was doing without a demon. Amen. I believe the Holy Spirit called me out, at the, called out of me. And inside the church, he had just shot Chris Workman in the back. And he shot Chris's mother through the breast. And they heard me cry out. He was shooting people. And then when they went down, he would come over and finish them off point blank range and at that very moment he was walking up to Chris and his mother mm. and Chris heard me cry out and he heard me and he turned and he came out of the church and he started shooting at me when he walked out of the church I, I there's no explanation why I would call out and there's no explanation why he wouldn't finish Chris and his mother off before other than when Jesus walked into the garden hmm. and he saw the two possessed men, the two possessed men saw him. They said, we know who you are. Have you come here to torment us before our time? And we all know the story. Jesus drove out the, the demons. They went into the pigs and ran over the cliff and died. Hmm. I believe it was that exact voice that called out of me. I believe it was the Holy Spirit and a demon has no choice but to obey immediately. Hmm. And I believe as I I came out, he came out, he started shooting at me and I ran behind a truck and I saw everything slow motion. Mm -hmm. I saw the slide working. I saw the brass coming out. Hmm. And I, I I've seen a gun fired from lots of different angles before, never <laughs> one like that. And, and I, I truly believe I heard God's voice say, don't worry about that. Do what I sent you here to do. And I was able to put one round in his left chest, one round in his abdomen. That's when he turned to get into his vehicle. He was running at me. He stopped shooting when I put him in his chest and his abdomen. That was stopped by the, the plates. He, was, he had on class three body armor and it's he had good. on a, had a SWAT style helmet on. Hmm. When he turned to his side, if you know anything about it, it's got a plate in the front, it's got mm -hmm. a plate in the back and it Velcros across the side. Yep. And when he 
turned to his side to get into his vehicle. I saw my spot. I put one high in his side, and then I put one in his legs. He was able to get in his vehicle. That officer that trained me later said, how could you do that? How could you get two out of three shots on a moving man shooting at you? And my response was, isn't that what you taught me? He said, definitely, he's, definitely seems like it was a God thing at that moment, at least from, from your description. Cause I don't know. I don't know that I could have made that shot or anybody else could without God steadying their hand. Honestly, I believe that I believe a lot of it had to do with the training ahead. Mm -hmm. God trained people for that moment, for that moment. Yeah. When he got in his vehicle, he slammed the door and he put two shots through the side window. And I saw those holes open up in the glass fall. Everything was so slow motion. Yep. I couldn't see him from the reflection in the glass. But I perceived where I perceived his head to be. I pulled the trigger again. Coroner's report said he had a split across his forehead. Hmm. If I had any mother than that, that bulletproof helmet would have stopped but it's splitting across the forehead. That's when he accelerated. He turned the corner and went running down the street as fast as he could. Hmm. Was about 150 yards by the time I got out from behind the truck that I was, I was using for cover. I ran out in the middle of the street and he was about 150 yards and accelerating as fast as he could. I put one more shot through the back window, shattered the back window. Police say that shot went through the driver's side seat and hit him just right in the left shoulder blade. Mm. Wow. And it, and it continued to run. And I looked around me and thinking, All right. If you just joined us, uh, we are actually uh, the church safety guys. This is the Sunday night broadcast that we do live. And we're actually reviewing a, a previously recorded um, interview that we did with Stephen Williford. And uh, we are actually going to take a quick break. And then we will come back to the other half of, um, of this evening. So if you're listening on the podcast, stay with us. If you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, click the, the like and subscribe button down on the, the lower right-hand corner. But uh, hang out with, with us and we'll be right back with you. Religious and nonprofit organizations, Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates understands that your congregation is different from a traditional business. We're here to fulfill your needs, coming to you while creating a personal plan for your budget and size. From your local community to around the globe, we are advocates for you. Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates, your partner in service. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping equip train and disciple church safety and security teams. We're about all things church safety and security, which starts with a ministry mindset and a servant's heart. We're protectors, guardians, ambassadors, and shepherds. We help church and place of worship safety and security teams all over the United States through our broadcasts online communities, conferences, trainings, 
resources, and products. Help us reach more churches in impactful ways by considering becoming a monthly ministry partner. $2, $5, $20 a month will help us continue to provide these resources. Okay, so welcome back. We're going to, now that we've had a moment to thank our sponsors and uh, take a quick break, we're going to go ahead and roll the rest of uh, part one of our two-part series with Stephen Wolliford and Hopefully, hear a little bit. It, it, we kind of left it at a cliffhanger. I'm kind of like, okay, let's get it back. Let's get it back on here. So uh, hang tight with us, and we'll actually start it right back up for you. It just can't end like this. And I looked to the left, and there was a pickup truck at the stop sign. And I ran over and I tapped on the window. And now you got to see this scene in your head. <laughs> this guy's just watched a shootout in front of him. <laughs> oh, my he's goodness. Had, he's had enough together. He called 911, and he's talking on the phone and telling them that he's w- witnessing a shootout. And then all of a sudden, one guy goes running down the road in a car, and the other one, the barefooted one, which, by the way, I, I had no shoes on. And I got an AR-15. I run over and I tap on his truck and I say, that guy just shot up the Baptist church and we have to stop him. Mm. I'm just going to tell you, every sane man in this world would have just stepped on the gas. <laughs> you know, but this is Texas. This is Texas. We're not necessarily known for our sanity. So I have a quick question for you. I'm, I'm going to throw this in here. You have the, the trademark hat. So I have to know, did you have the hat on or did you leave that at the house with your shoes? I left the, the house with my shoes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I, since we've taken a pause here, because uh, I, I think there's so much to unpack here right in this moment. And then I want to continue with the story. I want to hear this. I really look forward, by the way, to this interview because your situation there has, has, has changed the hearts of a lot of churches about safety teams. And that's how God works. But I I want to go back to that moment where you cried out and you distracted the shooter and that was a God thing. And so I want the listeners that are at home, I want them to absorb this. So when you guys are watching this later, I want you to think about the fact that you may have to put yourself in danger and you may have to yell to get attention drawn to you to save innocent people. And and I'm giving myself goosebumps thinking about it. Number two, um, multiple shots on target rapidly um, and think about where Stephen put these shots. So it wasn't that one shot ended the situation, but it was marksmanship. You know, praise be to the Lord, my God, who trains my hands for war. It was not the first time Stephen had picked up his particular AR-15 sling. He knew how to use this thing. Uh, And then finally, um, this the bad guy took multiple rounds and took a round across the forehead, which I had never heard that, by the way. 
and he's got blood coming down into his eyes. I guarantee you his head was bleeding and he still managed with a round in his shoulder, in his side and in his leg and blood coming down his forehead. He still managed to drive away. That's adrenaline and determination. And so this Hollywood nonsense that somebody gets shot up here and suddenly the fight's out of them, it doesn't work that way. So anybody at home that's listening to this, that's that's a lot of high energy rounds being delivered. And the bad guy could have potentially stayed in that fight. But praise God, he at that point, he began to move away. So so now you're now you're getting in the truck. <laughs> I, I climb into the truck and I climb into a long, tall Texan. Now, I didn't have the Western hat, but Johnny did. He had a had a kind of a white western hat with a feather sticking out of it. As a skull of a longhorn tattooed right here <laughs> on the horn going up underneath his his ears. Of course. Um so I climbed up in the cab and he never spoke a word to me. And he accelerated and ran down the road. Now he's talking to 911 on the phone, you know, mm -hmm. and they put him straight through to dispatch at this point because now they know where the shooter is. Mm -hmm. And they put him through dispatch. And we're, we flew across 87, which is main thoroughfare from San Antonio to Corpus Christi. It goes down to the coast and a lot busy on a Sunday, people coming back from the coast and stuff. Um, so we flew across that road. He didn't even slow down. He didn't look anything. And we just darted across. Uh, and, and again, I was thinking more clearly than I have ever thought in my life. I believe that, that, that God was sending me messages. And I dropped the magazine out of my rifle because I didn't know how many, I just grabbed a handful of ammunition and started poking them in a magazine as I'm running out the door. Uh, I didn't know how many I had and I didn't know how many I shot either, mm -hmm. you know, so I dropped the magazine out, out of my rifle and I look in the top and I got one round in the, the top of the magazine. That means I got one round in the chamber and one in the magazine and he still got on class three body armor. Mm. And I looked, I looked over and I didn't know Johnny's name at the time. I looked over at him and I said, I said, tell them, hurry, hurry. I've got two rounds left. And all I could envision is at the end of this chase, there's going to be another gunfight. And I got two rounds. I was like, this is going to have to be good. <laughs> so we're flying down the road and we're passing cars. And Johnny said he was doing over 95. I believe it. Uh, I believe every word of that. I dropped the, the passenger side window because I, you know, didn't know what was going to end up like. And uh, at first we had not even, we didn't even have him in our sights anymore. He had just left us. But we ran in the direction that he was and, and they were asking us what crossroads we were at. And stuff. And then, then I saw him. I told Johnny, that's him, that's him. It's a great Ford Explorer. The back windshield was busted out. I said, that's him. And we started catching him. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, the only reason that we would be catching him if, if my bullets hit home, if some of my bullets had hit home. At the time, I didn't know where I had hit him. I knew where I aimed, which turned out to be exactly where I hit him. But 
I, I didn't know, and we started to catch him. And I turned and looked at Johnny, and, and I said, you know, if you catch him, you're going to have to put him off the road. Now, Johnny got a toothpick hanging out of his mouth, never left, lost a toothpick, a Western hat and everything. And the first words he said to me, he turned and he looked over at me, he said, yep, I already figured that. I'm like, oh, my God, who am I writing with? <laughs> And, wow. and Johnny's probably thinking, man, I always wanted to try a pit maneuver. <laughs> Love Johnny to death. You know, he's the biggest redneck that you'd ever, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, Johnny was called by God that day, too. Amen. I was about to and, say that. And, yeah. an, and answered God's call. You didn't get a timid person. What's that? You didn't get a timid person. Somebody didn't pull up and go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to stay here and talk to dispatch. I'm out. I'll talk to dispatch. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny was ready. Johnny, Johnny knew he had a job to do. Amen. And so we started catching him, and, and I'm thinking, okay, this is it. He pulled over into the bar ditch with a road sign in front of him. And I'm thinking, okay, he's got a road sign in front of him. He stopped. He's ready to do battle again. And Johnny pulled up his truck still on the pavement. In front of Johnny's bumper about at the back of um, the other guy's vehicle. And I don't use the other guy's name, by the way. Nope. Nope, we don't either. So he pulled up with front bumper about even with the guy's rear bumper. And I stuck the rifle out the side window. And I reached down with my left hand and I opened the door and started pushing it open. And I was going to step down on the ground, use the door as a shield and re-engage target. <clears throat> and before my foot hit the ground, he accelerated again. He hit the road sign, it flipped over the vehicle and it went right back up onto the highway. And I barely got my foot in the truck and the, the door shut before Johnny was on him again. And uh, he went another three quarters of a mile up the road, went partially around the curve. And at this point he swerved off this time to the left-hand side of the road, went through a fence about it, about 50 yards into a field. And, and I, and stopped and Johnny stopped on the road. And I told Johnny, I said, just get down below the dash. Stay below the dash, out of gunfire. Just stay out of it. And I opened up the door, and I walked around, put the rifle over the hood of Johnny's truck. Second dodge, by the way, second dodge that day that I was standing behind a 6.2-liter <laughs> Hemi. Something about a 6.2-liter Hemi. It's got enough metal there, I figured. <laughs> uh, we're, we're both Chevy guys, but we'll let it ride this time. <laughs> I, I'm a Ford guy, and, and I love Fords, but I, and I always said there was no reason for ever owning a Dodge, but now I <laughs> they stop bullets really well. <laughs> they stop really well, but I put my rifle across the hood, and I started yelling, "Get out! Get out!" I, and I, I'm sorry, I yelled a few rude obscenities that I, maybe I shouldn't have. I think God, God will forgive me at this point, I think. Uh, but 
I wanted him to know how serious I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, Johnny did whatever millennial would do. He got out of the truck with his phone. I looked over there and went, really? This is what you're going to do? <laughs> he was videoing me. And it took five to seven minutes. Hmm. Five to seven minutes for the police to show up. That must five have felt an eternity. That was an eternity. I, huh. I stood there holding the rifle over that truck for five to seven minutes. And I, at one point, I even yelled out, where are the cops? Uh, I, I was never so wanting to see red and blue lights behind me in my life. Amen. Wow. So, I, I would love to press pause for one split second right here because, and I want to unpack this moment because anybody who's never read Dave Grossman and obviously Stephen, you've met Dave Grossman and you've talked to him. If you've not read his books, which I'd be surprised by now if you haven't, um, on killing on combat, he talks about everything you're describing and what you're about to describe. And I'm not going to go into that, but vasal constriction, you end up with hearing loss. It ends up actually changing the shape of your eyes. So you have, you have telescopic vision and you're about to talk about not hearing things and, and you end up with time dilation based on adrenaline because your brain's functioning faster. I have talked to people that have watched bullets go past their head or watched individual shell casings or seen uh, or seen rifling in a pistol barrel right before it fired. Um, that shouldn't be possible except for adrenaline. And if you're not prepared for it, I read about two state troopers back in like the 70s that fired their revolvers in a gunfight. And the and the the senior one stopped the other one and said, let's don't chase them. Something's wrong with the gunpowder in our guns. We're not we're not actually firing. Nothing happened. And they had actually emptied these like 357s or 45s into the bad guy's car. And the bad guy was bewildered why they didn't give chase. Well, they thought that they didn't have any ammo. They thought that they had bad ammo. And so these are all things to, to everybody listening at home. If you've never thought about these things, these are things you want to understand. So On Killing and On Combat by Dave Grossman, that should be on your nightstand. And so I apologize, Stephen. Please continue. Well, I, I, I will say something about that, too, because I went I, I was doing a uh, seminar with Carl Penn, uh, and one of the guys that spoke after me, he, he used me as a, a prime example. He said, some of the things that can happen to you during high stress like this, one of the things could be that everything speeds up real fast. Everything seems like it's going in double time. He says, and you could get tunnel vision. I never got tunnel vision. Impressive. But, and he said, and the third thing that could happen is everything slows down real slow. Mm -hmm. And I had already given my speech and I was telling, I had already told about watching the glass open, open it up and falling. He said, if it slows down real slow, that means your training is kicked in and your mind is working faster and everything else around you that use that. Wow, I love it. Guys, that's a gold nugget. If you're listening at home right now, that's a gold nugget. <laughs> he said, if everything's in slow motion, that means your mind is working overtime and so quickly. He said that you can think things through in an instant. Nothing slowed down, but your mind has speeded up. He said, use it. Amen. So going back to 
got my rifle stuck over the hood, yelling, where are the police? In five to seven minutes. Like you said, it's an eternity. Mm -hmm. My community didn't have another five to seven minutes in that church with the maniac. Right. The police were five to seven minutes behind me, and I'm watching. Got the gun pointed at the driver's side side window that was out, but it's parked at an angle I can't see into the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And then I heard a voice. Didn't hear him pull up, but I heard an officer. He had gotten out of his car. Had his microphone in one hand, had his pistol in his right hand, and he was standing behind the door of his car. He said, driver, get out of the vehicle with your hands up. And I turned and looked up the road to my left. He was about 50 yards up the road from me. And he keyed the mic and he said it again. He said, driver, get out of the vehicle with your hands up. And if I can tell anybody anything right now, is when the police show up, that officer may not know what's going on. Amen. Absolutely. Comply, comply, comply. Make sure he doesn't make a mistake. So yeah. I laid the rifle on the hood of the truck and I put my, my hands up and started walking to the back of the truck. With my hands up, palms out. And he made eye contact with me and he keep the mic again. He said, not you. <laughs> Get back in that fight. Uh, I was like, okay. And so I scrambled back over and picked my rifle up and held it over the hood of the truck again. And it was another five to seven minutes before other officers showed up. And hmm. when they showed up, they started getting out of their police cruisers and going to their trunks and they were pulling out rifles. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I, I'm done. I don't care what they say. I've done my part. I picked the rifle off the hood and I put it on the uh, toolbox to Johnny's truck behind his cab. And now I'm holding on to the side of Johnny's truck and trying to get my feet into the shade because November 5th, 2017, it was 90 degrees and I was barefoot. And I'm trying to get my feet in the shade, trying to, to, and I waited another 30 to 45 minutes while they were just, they had set up a police line back where he was at 50 yards up the road. And I'm waiting there. And I, I finally say, you know, I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to do. You know, they wait for him to bleed out. Well, I'm okay with that, but I, I'd like to know what's going on, you know? And, uh, so finally, I decided, okay, I'm going to make a dash from here to the – and I started to run, and they they started yelling, stop, stop, stop. We'll bring up a cruiser. And they brought up a police cruiser, and I was able to squat down beside it and run back to the police line uh, with some sort of cover because they still didn't know what had happened with him. And so I got back to the police line, and uh, – then I figured out what they were doing. They were waiting on a drone. Oh, okay. They brought, in, they brought in a drone and they flew it over and they looked into the vehicle. But while they were doing all that, uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting on a guardrail. The police officer walks by. I said, "Hey, can can I use your phone?" 
Or uh, no, I said, can I call my wife? He's like, yeah, sure. Call your wife. I said, no, can I use your phone? What? You don't have a phone? I said, I don't have shoes. <laughs> And, and I have to ask, I have to ask right here, were your feet bleeding? Because I'm a rank tenderfoot. I, I wear boots for a reason. So how banged up were your feet? Uh, they weren't banged up at all, but they were getting a little warm, you know. And so he, <laughs> I used his phone and after I was done, I said, I said, my wife's right up there. I could see her by that time because I had called her when this started, told mm. her to stay where I was. But she was right there about 200 yards up the road. They had put up another roadblock up there. I said, can I, can I go back there? I said, my feet are hot. <laughs> he said, your feet are hot? I said, yeah, you know, the pavement's hot. He opens up the back of his police car. He says, you can sit in my police car. I'm like, no, I'm good. All right. So if you if you just happen to join us, uh, you're listening to the Sunday night broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. Uh, you're with James and Mike. And at the moment, we're actually playing a pre-recorded uh, interview that we did with Stephen Wolliford of the First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, Texas, uh, active shooter, church shooter, uh, which actually ended up being the worst church shooting in U.S. history on November uh, 5th, 2017. And Stephen was gracious enough to spend, uh, really it ended up I think being about like an hour and a half, almost two hours that we we talked with him that night. But we recorded it and we broke it up into to two sessions. So uh, next Sunday night, we're actually going to play uh, the remainder of that. And real quick before we we wrap up and close for the evening, Mike, one of the things that I just wanted to point out at the beginning of tonight, I mentioned the spiritual warfare and the spiritual battle part of it. And even listening to him tonight, that still sends chills up my spine because, you know, the fact that he he went and he didn't remember he knew the guy was inside. He didn't remember actually even calling out, but he called out. And the people inside were able to say that the guy stopped. So he essentially, he saved their lives because the the gunman was distracted and walked out of the building. And um, again, I think that, uh, you know, God always puts us in the right place at the right time for the the right reason. But uh, that's just amazing to me to, to think about that. Um, and I mean, I know from, from the event series, I've been involved in different events and things like that, where I don't remember, um, because my adrenaline was running and I've had people come up to me and say, well, you were really rude to me after the fact. And I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't, I don't remember being rude to you. I apologize. I was just so focused on what, you know, what was going on, um, at that time. But, um, Definitely a, a tragic event. Hopefully, um, you know if you're if you're a pastor and you're listening to this this broadcast or or podcast, uh, and your church doesn't have a church safety and security team, hopefully, um, listening to some of our prod- broadcasts and that sort of thing will encourage you um, to do that to set one up uh, in your church. And as always, you know the church safety guys were nonprofit organization and uh, we really spend our time and energy 
as as a ministry just serving and being available to help you guys. So uh, if you have questions about setting something like that up, please reach out to us. We love to talk to you. Um, we're very much approachable and <laughs> and reachable throughout the week. So, but uh, did you want to add anything, Mike, before we wrap up? Well, I, I think something that caught me that I was thinking about this time is how Stephen talked about um, somewhat he almost aligns with our mission in the sense mm -hmm. that he received all that training that kind of got him ready for this situation. He had the right equipment, both in his ability to uh, be a steady shot, but to also have the hardware. But he had that software, that training. But now he also now is going around and really is discipling by telling the story to folks like us and our audience and church safety teams all over the country. And it's just really interesting on how God used somebody who just happened to be there at the right place, right time and, and spoke to him. And you called it out itself, how he spoke and called out that demon, really, if you will, um, the, the shooter to come out of that church. And that moment, that pivot moment was pivotal in the sense that that was the stop of the massacre in the building and what pulled him away from taking out more people. And so as tragic as it as it was already, that moment changed the tide. But then it wasn't done. He didn't just call him out and put it, put two shots on him. He then chased him down the road. I mean, it just right. it's with a stranger and barefoot and 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 it's just it's amazing the 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 things that that we heard through parts of the story tonight and can't wait to the the conclusion next week. Yeah, next week it is I I think next week and and he ties it Stephen ties it together really nicely. So if you if you heard this and we'll play it again throughout the week, but you you definitely want to hear next week again. Um, and, and come back and join us next week because the, the tie-in that Stephen does is, you know, don't, it's, it's the Semper Disciplina, you know, motto, right? Always training, always preparing, always, and he ties that in with prayer and he also ties it in with his message to church safety and security teams, which is, you know, don't, don't get caught being mundane. Don't get caught, you know, always being um, not ready, you know, be ready for anything, be prepared, but also realize that a quiet Sunday doesn't mean that it's a boring Sunday. You know, a quiet Sunday is a blessing, but at the same time, don't be on, don't be so unfocused in what's going on that you're not focused on, you know, the, the doesn't look right. or, or the, the odd oddities with the services or folks coming in or that sort of thing. So um, I love how he ties it in together. Hopefully one of these days I'll get down to Texas and I'll be able to meet him and, and um, maybe hang out with him at a conference or something like that. So come on down. But, yeah, <laughs> just, sure. just don't do it in August. Don't come in August. It's a little bit too hot for the northerners well, i've i've kind of lost it already in my blood so i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty good already but yeah going well you know going from massachusetts to texas is a jump for anybody <laughs> it was it's like i tell people i've i've throttled about 10 degrees in yeah. other words what what was hot in the northeast is now tolerable up to 10 degrees more down here mm. so it it just is relative i guess and so <laughs> while we break 100 here and didn't really ever do that in Massachusetts. 
it's kind of relative. Sure. For sure. Well, one well, last thing I want to say is yeah. I want to call attention oh, to this fun thing go. that we have here, <laughs> which I think some of the folks watching may have noticed is uh, our new kind of cartoon caricature of, of the three of us and uh, just kind of part of our season three here, but um, had a lot of fun working, working through some of those things and part of our new identity and different pieces is part of season three with the website that James mentioned earlier. And uh, you probably caught some of our, our intros and our outro and some of the, 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 the tracks here tonight as part of the show. So we've been busy ramping up for season three and, and, and this is really just the beginning. We have next week. And just to kind of give you, you guys a couple weeks out uh, next week, we're going to finish up with Steven's interview. Uh, the week after that, we actually have a, uh, a gal that does counseling with um, mental health and actually first aid mental health. So she's going to come on and she's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, suicide prevention and just how the church can be involved and how safety teams can be involved. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the week after that, uh, just to give you guys a quick snap uh, picture of it, the week after that, we're actually going to be uh, down in Missouri and we'll have that, I think that Sunday night will be off um, because the three of us will be on the road. But uh, we we actually had the opportunity to go do some training together. So it'll be the first time that, that Mike and Paul and I get to hang out together and looking forward to that. And uh, that training was actually uh, in conjunction with um, Matt Combs of Shield Force International. He's uh, also a great guy. He's been uh, working with us and he's he's actually one of our uh, sponsors through the next season and next year. So um, definitely if you get an opportunity, check out Shield Force International's website. You can always visit our, our website for their information. And um, after that, we're going to go through a couple other topics, but uh, if, if there's a particular topic that you guys would like us to, to talk about or cover, you know, please, there's a survey out there right now. Please reach out to us and let us know. Um, Monday, uh, tomorrow from 3.30 to 4.30, real quick, we're going to actually have, I'm going to be in one of the rooms opened up in the main church safety and security group, and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, church safety and starting a team. And again, that's 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to try that and see how well it works. Uh, one of the reasons we wanted to set that up was so that pastors during the day would have an opportunity to come and or ministry leaders and kind of network with us and, and ask us for best practices and that stuff. So if you're if you're interested in joining us tomorrow, we're going to talk about how <laughs> the, the top three questions that I get asked a lot. How do I get along with leadership? Right. What do I need to do to carry a gun? And how much training do I really need? <laughs> so those are the, those are the three topics again tomorrow in the main group. And um, again, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And definitely check out our new website. Uh, reach out to us if if we can be of service and and help you guys at all. And uh, and have a great week. So we'll see you next time. Take care. God bless. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback. 
Looking for ways you can help us reach more churches? Share our broadcast with your teams. Consider becoming a monthly ministry partner. Like and share our page and join the discussion in our Facebook groups. Visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com for other great resources. Remember to keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.